Well, good morning, and it's uh, good to be back here. If you're not familiar with who I am, um, that means that you came after I left. Or maybe my dad hasn't been talking about me enough. That's an option as well. Um, but I'm Ronnie Richardson, and so my dad is Ron Richardson. I had the, the privilege of serving here for, I can't remember the exact time, I think it was a year and a half, maybe two, uh, for college and young adults. And, uh, and so I have a lot of friendships and a lot of uh, uh, friends and mentors and just people who care about me. And so I'm thankful to be back and have the opportunity to come and, and preach, bring God's word. Um, as you are aware, as he's mentioned, uh, we had the opportunity to have Michael finally married. Um, actually, that's what they're saying about me, so never mind. So uh, we'll move on. But um, I, I want to start, and I like to start by asking a question. And so who in here is familiar with Christmas in July? Anybody familiar with Christmas in July? All right, I see a few hands. Um, I, that's not something we celebrated. Um, I, I think he didn't want to buy presents. But who's expecting to get a present for Christmas in July? Anybody? Ooh, I don't see any hands. That's probably good. Oh, we got one. Okay. We'll talk about your gift afterwards. You win a prize. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Christmas in July. It's, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, I think it has to do with marketing. People wanted, stores wanted to make more money. So I think that had to do something with it. I'm not sure. Um, but if you're going to have Christmas in July, you're going to have to have Thanksgiving in June. And so it's June, and we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, uh, because Thanksgiving is important, being thankful, having thankfulness in our heart. So we're going to be in First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 16, you can go ahead and turn there. Uh, and as you begin, I do want to introduce and talk a little bit about the background. And so the book itself, what is the book of First and Second Chronicles? So originally, First and Second Chronicles were one book together. They were divided a little bit later, probably because of space and some other things like that. It's very familiar with, I mean, similar to First and Second Kings, which you're studying in a small group Bible study. And so First and Second Kings were also one book together. And so whereas First and Second Kings were written to the remnant in exile, those uh, Israelites who were in exile, and it was written as a means of encouragement and a call to repentance. That's what First Kings was really emphasizing. First and Second Chronicles was written for the post-exilic community. So it's written for those who are coming out of exile, uh, returning to the land. And it's written in order to provide some lessons for the people. Uh, as they're coming back into the land, uh, the author is drawing on their history in order to say, what does it look like to worship God properly? And so First and Second Chronicles is about that. The focus was on restoration. It was the idea of how David led the people to uh, follow God after Saul failed tremendously. And so the, the, a very big emphasis is on David. And we're going to be looking at David today and what he talked about. And so this would have been very helpful for the people as they returned to the land. Imagine coming back to a land. Your people had been in captivity for 70 years. There had been a, a wonderful temple. Um, in fact, you uh, studied today in Sunday school about the dedication of the temple, Solomon's temple. 
and the grandeur of it. And, and, and so we, we focus on that. But now you're coming back into the land. There's not many of you. Uh, the temple is gone. You're not a people. You're under the rule of other individuals. And so you're just not a, a people of yourself. And so this passage and the book of Chronicles was going to be very encouraging to them. And so, in 1 Chronicles 16, uh, what we're looking at today, it's very fitting because of our lesson on Sunday. Solomon's uh, dedication of the temple, well now the people are coming back and since there's no temple, how do they properly worship? We're going to look at David, how he worshipped when the Ark of the Covenant came into the sanctuary. And so it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what kind of building you have, the purpose of thanksgiving and worship is to honor God. And so that's what we're going to be diving into. And I want to encourage you, as we read this passage, as we talk about it, I want us to consider this. How do we worship the Lord? And I hope that we can say after this, or maybe we can start to pursue, that it's out of thankfulness. It's out of an honor and a respect and a thankfulness for what God has done. So First Chronicles 16. I'm going to read all of the verses, and then we're going to come back and go through them talking about a few key things. So verse 7 of First Chronicles chapter 16. On that day, David decreed for the first time that thanks be given to the Lord by Asaph and his relatives. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Proclaim his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell about all of his wondrous works. Honor his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done. His wonders and the judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Israel, his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. Remember his covenant forever. The promise he ordained for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham. Swore to Isaac and confirmed to Jacob as a decree and to Israel as a permanent covenant. I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. When they were few in number, very few indeed, the resident aliens in Canaan wandering from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their behalf. Do not touch my anointed ones or harm my prophets. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. For the Lord is great and highly praised. He is feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy in his place. Ascribe to the Lord families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them exalt. Then the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures and says, Save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nations, so that we may give thanks 
to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Now that's a lot of verses and thankfully we're not going to go through each and every one of them. Uh, But we are going to talk about the first verse and then uh, we're going to ask some questions. Uh, about thankfulness. So the first thing we're going to look at is verse 7. We learn a lot from this verse. From verse 7, we understand essentially uh, the author who who wrote this uh, psalm, this this, uh, praise of thanksgiving. And it was referred to as David. David handed it over to uh, the uh, director of music and said, here, this is what we're going to sing. This is what we're going to do. So the author, the setting, what's going on, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the, the covenant that God made with his people was brought into the sanctuary. And so on the day that happened, a very significant uh, moment, very similar to Solomon, when they were dedicating the temple, he said, we are going to come and we're going to pray and we're going to dedicate this temple to the Lord because it's all about him. It housed the Ark of the Covenant. And so what is important here is, and I think what the, the reason the author uh, talked about this is, it's not about a place, it's about the person. Who are we worshiping? And so this is the setting of this psalm of thanksgiving. And the purpose here is that King David is leading the people in the proper act of worship. And so we learn a lot from verse 7 about what's going on. Uh, Real quick, Asaph is one of the three musicians that David appointed for worship. He asked the people uh, and he he directed them to appoint three individuals for worship. And we see that in in chapter 15. And so this is the setting. But now let's ask, what do we learn about thanksgiving from this passage? If we're going to be thankful, if we're going to have thankfulness, we need to know more about thanksgiving. And we're good and we're familiar with the, the holiday of thanksgiving. And we're probably very familiar with being thankful. But what do we see from this passage? I want to point out, first of all, what thanks, thankfulness looks like. What does thankfulness look like? In verses 8 through 13, there are a list of commands. Uh, in fact, uh, David is compiling this entire psalm of thankfulness from other passages in Psalm. Uh, he's taking a, a psalm from here and a psalm from there and a psalm from there and he's, he's putting it together. It's, he's using scripture to help him worship God. And so these verses, verses 8 through 13, we see a lot of commands. Commands that are very helpful for us as well. So what does it look like to have thankfulness? I would say it starts and it ends with God. It starts and it ends with God to have true thankfulness. Uh, You'll notice that it says to give thanks, but then it says call on his name. Call on his name. And then at the end of this section it says remember his wondrous works. The the commands, the focus, uh, thankfulness, what does it look like? It looks like starting with and ending with God. It's all about God. Uh, Another thing we learn here though, what does thankfulness look like? Well, thankfulness, it comes out in worship. And notice some of the phrases that are mentioned here. It says this, um, proclaim his deeds, sing to him, sing praises to him. Sing to him, sing praises to him. And so all throughout the Psalms, as you read the book of Psalms, you're going to notice that it comes out in praise, uh, what God has done. Prayers of thankfulness, but also other types of prayers throughout Psalm as well. Uh, But true thankfulness, it results in, it comes out in singing psalms, singing to the Lord, singing praises to him for what he has done. 
So thankfulness, it starts with God, it ends with God, and it comes out in worship. And, and notice, though, thankfulness results in telling others about what God has done. Thankfulness results in telling others about what God has done. Uh, we notice here uh, a command here. It says, proclaim his deeds. Proclaim his deed. Tell about all of his wondrous works. We see uh, thankfulness results in telling others. Uh, when you're thankful for something that's happened in your life, you want to tell others about it. You share that good news with others. And the same is true of our relationship with God. And when we are thankful, it comes out in the way we live our life, what we talk about and with those around us. And the focus is on uh, helping others to see who God is and what he has done. And so they can respond with thankfulness as well. So it results in telling others, but also I would say it continues throughout your relationship with God. It continues throughout your relationship with God. Um, notice here in verse number, uh, excuse me, verse number um, 10. It says, honor his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Verse 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Thankfulness is not a one-time event. It's not in uh, November. It's not just before Christmas. It's not in June. Thankfulness is an attitude that is always with us. We are always needing to be thankful. And so we learn a lot from these quick five verses, but there's so much more to learn. So what does it look like? It looks like starting and ending with God. It comes out in worship. It results in telling others, but it continues through our relationship with God. But what is it based on? What is thankfulness based on? And I think uh, David, that as they're worshiping the Lord here when the Ark of the Covenant came in, we see that thankfulness is not based on you. Thankfulness is not based on you or your circumstances. Thankfulness is based on God. Verses 14 through 22, I'm just going to read a, a couple of things real quick. Verse 14, it says, He is the Lord our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. We see that God is in control. Uh, that, that we see first. Verse 15 says, remember his covenant forever. Uh, he goes on and talks about the fact of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, he's pointing back to a covenant, to how God chose them. Not based on Abraham, or Isaac, or Jacob. But based on who he was, who God is, and his plan of redemption. In fact, we see in verses 19 through 22 that it wasn't even because of their numbers. It wasn't because they were great in number, but it was because of who God is. And so um, it says, verse 19, when they were few in number, very few indeed, the resident aliens in Canaan, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked the kings on their, on their behalf. Uh, this thankfulness is based on what God has done and on who God is. I found it interesting in, in studying that uh, this is one place where um, the, the author kind of changed the reference. He, he quoted the verse a little differently. In, in the original psalm it said, When they were but few... But here you notice it says, um, excuse me, uh, the emphasis that he is talking about is when you were but few. Uh, and so um, the idea that comes out in this text and the reason that this, the author is doing this is because he's wanting the people of Israel to identify with Abraham. 
with Isaac and with Jacob because they were defeated. They were in exile and they, were, they no longer had a temple, Solomon's grand temple. Yet that's the thing. Our thankfulness, our worship, how we respond to what God is doing is not dependent upon us. It's dependent upon God. And we can identify with that. Uh, it's, it's easy to be thankful when things are going well. And it's challenging to be thankful when things are going poorly. Uh, my mind goes to a New Testament example of Paul. If you look throughout the, the book of Philippians, for example, you notice that he's in prison, that he is on essentially death row. Perhaps he's going to be executed. He's um, in house arrest. Yet all throughout that level, I mean, the, the, um, the book, you see that he is thankful. He says, I thank God on your behalf. I praise him because of what's going on in your life. Be thankful, not anxious. And so the, the example of that, you can think of people in your life. When people are thankful, you notice. When you see people who are thankful, uh, it, it's, a, um, it's very contagious. It, it, it causes you to desire to be thankful as well. And, and so Christians, followers of Christ, our thankfulness is a representation of God's grace and his mercy. We talked about mercy a little bit earlier. That is what David is wanting to emphasize. Because of what God has done, we can be thankful. I'm going to go quickly through the rest of it, um, but I do want to finish the, the passage because I think it ends very well. Uh, so we talked about what does it look like? What is it based on? It's based on what God has done. And what is it about? What is Thanksgiving about? And I, I think the, the author here reminds us in t- verses 23 through 33. He says, let the whole earth sing to the Lord. We could stop there. That's what we understand. It's all about the Lord. It's about what he has done. It's about who he is. It's about him. Verse 27 says, splendor and majesty are before him. Um, it uh, talks about that just before verse 26. It says, for all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord has made the heavens. These things on the shelf that people worship have done nothing. They had to be made, but God created the heavens because of his majesty. And so verse 28, 29, and 30, it talks about giving to the Lord um, his glory, ascribing to him, giving to him the glory that he deserves, uh, the glory of his name, bring offerings before him. The purpose of thankfulness is not about the gift. Um, in, 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 um, at Christmas, a lot of times we say thank you, and uh, I love to watch kids do it, and I'm not getting on kids, but it's, it's funny when their parents say, go tell grandpa thank you, or go tell this person thank you. And so they walk over there with their gift, and they say, thank you, grandpa, and then they walk away. Not always, but that's a lot of times the case. And, and, and it's good to teach kids to be thankful, um, but sometimes I feel like that's, that's how we approach thankfulness to the Lord, is that uh, we're so focused on um, the benefits of it. And yes, it's good. God's grace is amazing. His kindness is, is everlasting. It's, it's just overwhelming. Um, but it should direct us and others to seek God, to seek his face, not to focus about ourselves. And so uh, in this passage, what is it about? It's about the Lord. And notice that it's about the Lord. Everyone, every day, every people in all creation. Everyone Every day, every people in all of creation. We see this in verse 23. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. The whole earth, everyone. 
every day. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all the peoples. We see all people there. Verses 30 through 33 talks about the creation uh, revealing his glory. And it's crying out and thankful for what he has done. And the fact that he is a righteous judge. Uh, Thankfulness is all about God. And it's all about who he is and what he is doing in our lives. So, that is what... uh, That is what it looks like. That is what it's based on. That's what it's about. But what does it boil down to? What does thankfulness boil down to? And so we're going to read verses 34 through 36 and then finish up with application. Verse 34 says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. And say, Save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nation, so that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. I mentioned earlier that these, uh, the verses we've read, uh, verses uh, uh, 7 through 36, are various psalms uh, from the book of Psalms that David put together. And uh, these three verses are kind of interesting because it starts uh, in Psalm 106, verse 1, but it, then it jumps all the way to Psalm 106, verse 40, 47 and 48. And um, uh, sometimes, uh, if you're talking, you're not going to relay all of the information, but you want people to think about it, right? You, you remember that time when we did this and we ended this, like that day in 10 years ago, whatever? You want them to think about what's happening. And so here, uh, the reason he's using these, these verses to, to start and end that entire chapter in Psalm is because he's wanting the people to understand and remember, well, what was the Psalm about? What did it talk about? And it talked about this. It talked about God's faithfulness despite our unfaithfulness. The author of that Psalm went through and he talked about of many, many times where the people of Israel failed. It talks about how they disregarded God's commands, how they went their own way, how they did not uh, come to the temple, how they did not bring the sacrifices, how they failed, how they fell short, how they did not do what they needed to do. And so it seems like a very discouraging way to end this time of thankfulness. But what his focus was and how it ends in Psalm 106 and how it ends here is this. It's all about the fact that God heard their cries of repentance. It it finishes that way in Psalm 106. And so this story of, of God's people and their unfaithfulness ends with the fact that God heard their cries and forgave them and redeemed them. And, and that's a, a way that we can be encouraged how what was going on in the life of, of his readers. Um, they were coming back after crying out and God re- redeeming them and bringing them back into the land. And he was encouraging them to know it doesn't matter where you're worshiping. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You can worship the Lord. You can be thankful. And so what was the application for them? And then what is the application for us? First of all, the author of Chronicles wanted the people to thank God no matter where they were, whether they had a grand temple or a tent to worship the Lord. No matter where you are, you need to thank the Lord. Second thing that the author of Chronicles wanted was them to keep their focus on God, not on their circumstances. 
He wanted them to be reminded of what God had done. He talked about their history, talked about creation, talked about all of this wondrous, uh, mighty acts of God and how he is worthy of our worship and our thankfulness. And so he wanted them to keep their focus on God. And then finally, I would say he wanted them to seek God's salvation. It's, it's a constant desire and need for us to come before the Lord, praying to him and asking him to redeem us, uh, to, to forgive us. And we look at the New Testament and we see examples of it. We see additional verses where it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The application is the same for us. No matter where we are, no matter what circumstances we're going through, no matter what is going on in life, we know that God will and has forgiven us by sending our, His Son to die on the cross. And so uh, thankfulness comes with a relationship with God. And so if, if you have not uh, come to know Christ, if you have not said, I know I'm a sinner, I know I've fallen short, I know I, I've sinned against God and I can't save myself, I need a Savior I very much encourage you to be reminded of the fact that God loves you. He desires for you to be in a relationship with him. And he provides that salvation through Jesus Christ. And for those who are in Christ, I would encourage you to be reminded daily. I think it showed up maybe two or three times in the verses we just read. Remember what God has done. Remember the salvation that you have. The the kindness of God. And you will be able to uh, be thankful as you live your life. And so I'm not sure what I need to do to end this, um, but I think I'm going to just pray. Is that, is that a sufficient? We'll pray and then close in, in worship. So, dear God, thank you for your kindness, your, your, um, your love, and your mercy. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And so, God, we ask you to be glorified. In Jesus' name.